There are a couple of old drugs and a couple of new drugs. You know, you get people that are just so focused on lifestyle, and you see that a lot with this channel, that they don't want to try any drugs. Okay, I get it, but you know what? You start getting into your 60s, your 70s, and some of us in our 50s, you can be doing a lot of really good stuff with your lifestyle, but your body needs help. There are really good drugs out there. The two old drugs, metformin and pioglitazone, they're great drugs. Metformin, it goes by its generic name, metformin. Mechanism, you'll always see that it stops gluconeogenesis. Don't need to remember that word. It stops the liver from making sugar and pumping it into the blood. It probably also has a gut microbiome impact. Downsides, Mayo Clinic will tell you it can cause lactic acidosis. It's one of the areas where Mayo Clinic doesn't keep up that well, at least the guys that write their content. And maybe they could have a little bit better clinician review. There've been not one, but two Cochrane reviews which looked at this specific issue and they said, no, you don't get lactic acidosis from metformin. You can from the other biguanides, some of the other drugs in that class, but not metformin. Many of us, myself included, think that metformin should be available over the counter. Pioglitazone. I personally, as I mentioned before, obviously focused on lifestyle, continue to focus on lifestyle, added metformin about four years ago, five years ago, and just a couple of years ago, added pioglitazone. I take 15, three or four times a week. You may have heard the old school name, Actos. It's the only drug out of all of these that actually works on the root cause problem. It works on insulin sensitivity sensitivity of the insulin receptors. What are the downsides? A little bit of a water weight issue. And yes, it's got some serious downside. I wouldn't take it if the risks were not greatly outweighed by the problem of heart attack and stroke and cardiovascular risk. Bladder cancer has been reported, but we're talking about hundreds of heart attacks, strokes, dementia cases, you know, for each case of bladder cancer. The new drugs have some significant side effects as well, but again, very good drugs. You've got the GLP-1 agonists. Don't need to remember that. It stands for glucagon-like protein or peptide. And here's some of the names you'll hear. Ozempic, Ribelsis, Bieta. Bieta was the old original, and it was actually discovered and developed out of Gila monster saliva, believe it or not. I'm not going to go into that story. But again, other ones are Trulicity, Victoza. These things slow gastric emptying. They increase insulin response by the pancreas, and they, rightly so, cause weight loss. You get weight loss with metformin, you get it with the GLP-1 agonists, and you get it with the third one here, the SGLT2 inhibitors. We'll talk about those in just a minute, but let me finish up on the GLP-1 agonists. The really bad side effect, yes, thyroid and pancreatic tumors have been reported. But again, compared to the much higher risk of heart attack and stroke, very, very small amounts of serious side effects. The new drugs are high cost. The GLP-1 agonists are. The SGLT2 inhibitors are that second category of new drugs. You may have heard names like Farzaga, Dapaglifosin, Jardiance. What they do is they change a mechanism within your kidney. So when you start spilling glucose, your kidney will usually take that glucose back out of the urine and put it in your bloodstream. The SGLT2 inhibitors stop that. Now we'll talk about what that means in just a minute, but just like the GLP-1s and like metformin, the SGLT2 inhibitors often result in loss of weight. 
which is a good thing. So in all of those, you get some decrease in the hemoglobin A1C. Now, you remember that mechanism. It has to do with some of the side effects that we see. You can actually see genital yeast infections in, in both males and females. And when you realize that your kidneys are just peeing out glucose when it's elevated, then you begin to realize why you might get genital yeast infections. You can also get some ketoacidosis that is not associated with high blood sugars. Again, the new ones are high cost. The old ones are dirt cheap. We're going to look at them a slightly different way, putting them all together. The pros, weight loss with metformin, GLP-1s, SGLT2s. You don't get so much of that weight loss with PIO. CVOT, that's called cardiovascular outcome trials. You didn't have this back when metformin and pioglitazone were approved, but you have it now. And both the SGLT2s and GLP-1s, they had to go through a CVOT trial, meaning cardiovascular outcome trial. Now, why is that important? Why did the FDA set that up? I think they were smart in doing that. You know, I've got a lot of problems with a lot of things the FDA does, but I think that's a good decision on their part. And here's the rationale. Here's the reasons. The real issue with prediabetes and diabetes is heart attack and stroke. So what you really want to look for is not so much how it manages the diabetes, but what it does in terms of cardiovascular events. Does it actually decrease heart attack and strokes? And yes, both of those drug classes have come out and shown significant improvement in that area. Another pro is that unlike insulin, which what most people think is the old mainstay, you don't get hypoglycemia. I mean, you can, but it's really rare unless you're combining these meds like metformin or pyo or especially the SGLT2 inhibitors or the GLP-1 agonists. If you're combining drug classes, you're more likely to get a problem with hypoglycemia. But again, just not very often. Even combinations of metformin, which is the front line with any of the others, you tend to not see hypoglycemic problems. Side effects are, as we mentioned before, yes, they're minimal existent at all with metformin. They're a little bit more serious with the other three. And again, those are the three that I would clearly second line. Metformin would be the first line if you need to take medications. Cost, metformin and pyo, again, dirt cheap. Cons and side effects of these, GI discomfort. You tend to see that with metformin and the GLP-1 agonists, the genital yeast infections and ketoacidosis, as we talked about with the SGLT2s, the thyroid and pancreas tumors with the GLP-1s and cost with the GLP-1s and SG2s. The Centers for Disease Control, they tend to be very conservative. Even they will say over a third of adults 18 and older. And when you look at the JAMA articles and the other articles that have been published since then and aren't yet on the CDC site, it's over half of adults 30 and older have prediabetes or diabetes. And these numbers are way low because all of those numbers were set up basically using fasting blood glucose and A1C. They were not set up using OGTT or insulin surveys. If you used OGTT or insulin surveys to make these estimates, the numbers would be far higher. In a 2020 meta-analysis of 129 studies involving more than 10 million people, published in the British Medical Journal, there was an indication that people in the general populations had 15% increased risk of cardiovascular disease and a 13% increased risk of death. Again, I think that number is much lower than reality for reasons that I won't get into on this discussion. The bottom line is prediabetes causes heart attack and stroke. And as I've been saying, a touch of sugar is not something to ignore, like most medical people will say.
They'll say, you know, just put a little bit less sugar in your coffee. No, be afraid. Look at some significant lifestyle issues. Doctors agree. Scientists agree. Dietary and lifestyle changes can be very effective and are the most important parts, keeping prediabetes under control and preventing rather than responding to that next event. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.